Hey guys, it's uh, Spadely Spadoodle here, and um, just want to give you a heads up on uh, the podcast. Uh, we have um, Fred Wolf today, an old buddy of ours, and just wanted to say that, you know, some of these are recorded ahead of time, often years. So if we have like Michael Jackson on, he's talking about the Thriller album coming out, that was pre-recorded. So if you hear that one. Uh, but um, no, but you know, uh, Dana's obviously going through something um, semi-unimaginable right now, and I can't even uh, put it into words. So, uh, it, 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 you know, Dana's one of my best buds, and it's, it's hard to watch this, and and his kid, uh, Dex, is what a great kid. I don't want to get into all that. I'll let Dana talk at some point about it. I just want to say that this was already recorded, and for the rest of uh, this uh, year, we have uh, we pre-recorded a few, and then we're going to do a few best of. Uh, but you've got some uh, great ones coming up, including the unbelievable Dan Aykroyd that we did right before. Uh, uh, that was the last we did. It was great. Danny Aykroyd is one of my favorites of all time, and uh, he got to sit in person with us. Anyway, uh, and of course, Dana really, really appreciates the outpouring from every possible angle of people. I mean, just um, the amount I got just to relate, relate to him. And, um, everyone I think understands how difficult and, um, whatever. It's hard to even talk about. It. Okay. So let's have some fun. And I know it's almost impossible, but, um, uh, we had a good time with Fred. I don't want this to reflect on Fred. He's a great guy. And, uh, please, um, have a good time with this one. Freddie's an old buddy wrote Tommy boy. It's blazing hot outside. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro recharge kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero David. No DIY experience needed. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro recharge kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. David, who's our guest this week? Uh, Dana, Fred Wolf. Uh, Fred Wolf. <laughs> Fred uh, Wolf. Freddie Wolf is a old dear friend of mine that's stand up. I think he got me, he, he tried to get me out of the improv in San Diego maybe. Or he always tried to get me on because he thought it was funny when he saw me at Finney Bones in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So I always owed him for that. He was always cheerleader for me. Co-wrote stuff with me. Dickie Roberts, Joe Dirt. Um, was he at one point Tommy Boy. a head writer of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he wrote Black Sheep. Tommy Boy. He's uh, What's the one with Anna Ferris? House Bunny. He uh, directed yeah. House Bunny. Writer, director. And uh, we got to sit with him. I've known him forever. And very funny, very inside stories about all the above. Uh, he knew Farley well. He knew everybody. He was Sandler, there for all, all of us. It, yeah. yeah. And so we cracked up. And I think you're going to like him. And you're going to like to hear what he has to say. Here he is, Fred Wolf. Fred Wolf. Uh, <laughs> I actually was thinking about that. There is a certain, like, when friendships kind of run over where it's like, I don't respect the process because you guys are so cool and my friends forever, but then you guys are steaming mad. Yeah. 
I totally get it. Um, I think, <laughs> this is my first time, We've, by the way, ever using Zoom with a microphone and your buds, I shouldn't say that probably, right? No, I should sound more professional. No, people no, like... No, no, we've had issues version. with everybody. I won't even mention the guests we've had that were inept. Uh-huh. So you, you're you a winner because it's sometimes it's been 20 minutes, 25, with Wi-Fi issues and stuff. You're just saying that. No, you I have notes I was going to lead off with Wi-Fi issues. This is That was your first question? Two, with Fred Wolf, I go, Wi-Fi issues That's the first, first 20 minutes. <laughs> Do you think it... Was I overloading it? Because I've run out of topics. You already ran this is out? Our this is our 711th episode today. And I'm I'm running out of topics. Everybody's talking about the show. And now I'm supposed to say something like that, I know. But it's actually the truth, everybody. And, uh, and there's <laughs> Thank all these, you. All these friends. and Good to hear. Uh, well, it's really true, though. I'm not lying. And, up, and that's and, in the but, Montana area and also the Carmel area they're talking about, I hope. That's right. So we're covering it. Uh, uh, Deuce, duo state area also through idaho all through oh, there too. Are we covering that too yeah the tri-cities danny goes up there and burns hundred dollar bills every year for a couple of weeks i just look out montana freeman i go to their cabins i talk them down i go no <laughs> this, the reset's not happening yet <laughs> so it's uh you the <laughs> great reset you know why would you have a job when a guy opens jars of pickles on Instagram? He's doing seven figures large. Okay, Dude, today we're going to do a large you know. dill pickle. We're going to open it. Oh, that's YouTube? Yes, David. Dana, did you know that there's a girl? Now, you know about OnlyFans. I think you and Fred do. But there's a girl that oh, farts yeah. in a jar. Heather, do you know this? She farts in a jar and she makes about a hundred grand a year and she sells it. Yeah. I was about to say she farts in a jar. That's not the funny. That's not the crazy part. That's easy. But she sells it and she has a big market. And now, I don't want to say this part, it's gross, but she's she's selling <laughs> oh boob boy. sweat. I'm like, where do you go from farts in a jar? Boob sweat, I guess, right directly across. My only question is, what's the weird part of this story? And I look and, they, and I look back and behind me, he's got a hundred <laughs> jars. I go, Dana, what's in there? So they're like, the jars are inside the house. That means Dana collects them. All right, I got to- Now give me a check. Let's ask Fred about SNL. Oh, let me just say one one thing really quick is uh, I was doing, uh, sorry, I, I, I guess, um, I'm trying to, uh, I'm so damn excited, but I was doing uh, House Money, editing House Money, and uh, Covert and those guys came in and they said, you got to see this. This is the craziest video I, we've ever seen. And I go, I'm tough. I can see it. They go, no, you're going to throw up. I've been throwing up for any reason since I was five years old. And so I watch it and it's two girls in a cup. I don't know if you guys know this one. Mm-hmm. It's like the sickest, craziest thing ever. Do and, I uh, want to know it? Oh, no, Dana, you don't, you don't know, know it? Okay. Can you... Well, if, if you know it, can you you can't unknow it? Yeah, that's one of those things. Yeah, All sounds right. like Davy. Davy, you know what it is. Yeah. Or, okay, so the thing is, is it made me sick, maybe ill, maybe depressed for mankind, just really ill. Well, well what to, will it do to our? Yeah, how do you explain right your boner now? you had during watching it? <laughs> Huge boner, which is great because I never get to two, but I did. So I'm watching it. I'm like sick, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in my 30s, look like 20s, and meanwhile. <laughs> My daughter's 12-year-old nice. friends have all seen it on the internet. They've all watched it. About mm. half the class of a class of uh, 20 have seen that thing at that young age. Tell me that's not so just 10 turn people. Oh, we're just going. This nation. The only part of that story is bullshit is you didn't look 20 when you were 30. There's no way. Oh, shit. The youngest guy really in the biz. Actually, you <laughs> two guys I'm are kidding. literally the youngest looking guys in the biz. You always have been. And that's... That's no bullshit. Uh, Dana. Okay. The first time I saw Dana was at the last stop in Newport beach and uh, he killed. 
And I go, oh, uh, he looks young. That's the thing that made me the maddest. Yeah. And then, young for his age. Well, but then, I was young. Yeah. Well, you were. <laughs> it's not but hard to look young in your 20s. Yeah, but you look like you're in your teens. Yeah. Uh, and then Davey, I saw him in Phoenix first time ever. I was probably his fifth time on stage, young. And uh, I thought, okay, I hate them already. Yeah. But then they turned out to be kind of funny. Fred, did we meet that night or, or you just saw me? Uh, we talked. I, so you just said, I think about five minutes or something like that. Yeah. At Finney Bones. Oh, yeah. And then I uh, waited for you to come off stage and there's like a little green room there. I go, hey, uh, Dave's made a good set. And all that stuff. Yeah, you're funny and all that sort of stuff. And then I took a shot and I go, um, man, I think you really got some. I think you really got a future in this comedy. Are you, in t- are you serious about it? And you said, yeah. And so I called the San Diego Improv, uh, our buddy Mark mm. Anderson down there. Oh, you got me in there. Yeah, That's I said, funny. hey, there's this, there's this kid. There's this kid. He's a, he's a young pup. I was. And, uh, I was like yeah. 19. And then you went there. Jesus, out of the blocks fast. But yeah. so were you, Dana, right? So, uh, by the way, I had sent Dana like photos David. of uh, Missoula, Montana. It's, I was up there like four months. Just got back. Where I was born. Yeah. And uh, I always send you photos. So, you know, once every couple of weeks, I send you a photo. And I always expect you to say, oh, that's the corner of such and such. But you never have. And so. I'm not that involved. I know where the Big Dipper is in the M on the mountain yes. from Missoula, University of Montana. The Dipper, the uh, my, ice cream place, yeah, right? My, Par- yeah, yeah. Parents went to school there. Brother went to school there. Da-da-ding, da-da-doom. I know where the Big Dipper is in the sky, kind of. <laughs> so what was really... No, Fred, go back. So you see Spade. He's 19. He looks like a fetus with shoes. He's like really young looking. Did he always have kind of a voice? Because you're the first person who just randomly said to me in conversation, and Davey's always had that voice. <clears throat> so. Spade has a very cool, distinct voice. I still haven't learned it, but but tell me, come back for season two, I will have mastered it. I just yeah. do the sound effect, David, when he does it. He doesn't do very much. But what what did you? Did he have a voice then, or did his voice kind of richen as he got? Or did he still have kind of what this timber he has? It's very potent at nineteen. Wait, by the way, I love those words, and uh, those are good words. Seriously, the timber and all that stuff. Um, I you know Hollywood never knew what to call it. They called it it. You know, when someone has it, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the package when there's a voice and there's a cadence or something that's natural, you can't teach it. And yes, uh, that was the thing that, that stood out because his jokes were awful. You know how they are, Dana, right? Camilla, yeah. Right. He's, he writes yeah. on his charm uh, yeah. and his timing, so, but, but the material so is oh, it's, terrible. It's so cute. He's so cute. He thinks they're funny. No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and then he did Tom Petty and all that stuff, and that killed in the audience. Oh, like, the Tom Petty. Yes. Yep. Yeah. You know, I don't want to understand the world today. <laughs> and David was never sweaty. He was always cool Very on true. his heels a little bit. Very true. I love on his heels. That's another good term. Yeah. Um, I'm Irish, so I got all these colloquial expressions, but he was always kind of cool <laughs> and always made it look effortless. So that was interesting. Was I a dick when you first met me? Was I cocky back no then? Way. 83? No, so, no way. So this is a true. Uh, this is, <laughs> like, you, it's hard to say like compliments to people on their face, on their show, where of course you'd say positive stuff, but I'm- We, we deal with it. Totally, okay. <laughs> I just mean, I look like so like such a kid, but it's so true. It's like, no, um, at the last stop, I was a house MC about twice a week. I'd go down there. It's like an hour drive down from LA, but we went on a stage time. And then mm-hmm. Dana, you were- on stage, four reels just, just fucking blew the roof off. It was insane. You did chopping yes. broccoli and that stuff. Broccoli was there always. It man. keeps appearing, that fucking chopping that broccoli. That fucking thing we get so <laughs> that 
I'm telling you, it's moved to the top of the resume because everyone remembers chopping. Even if it's a throwaway in the middle of your act. By the way, Fred, I've never seen Dana not kill. I'm not even joking. Even if he's doing five, guest spot, anything, Kimmel, always cr- it, go ahead. Boom. We'll see. I, we'll see. There was one but set. yeah, I had broccoli. Chopping broccoli. Mm. And then, uh, uh, for, first of all, you were nice, but I do want to jump ahead to Dana always killing us that I opened for him one time. I mean, <laughs> I've opened for him a few times. And I remember one time up in uh, Aventura, it was, I think. And uh, Dana, I I destroyed. I blew the roof off. <laughs> I really did. And I don't usually. Yes, I remember that. You, and then I, in I my remember head, you had a great set. I, yeah. I had a good set. And uh, in my head, I swear to God, I would never, ever think, oh, that guy can't follow me like a like an asshole. But I was thinking, boy, I wonder if Dana's going to have a tough time. And I feel bad for him because he said, come on and do some time. But the laughs were so long. You went on there, and I swear to God, it was like twice my set. It was like fucking from like first ten seconds. First of all, they have to see you, and secondly, everything you said was like pure destruction. And I thought this is insane. I better get back into stand-up. Maybe, I'm getting, maybe. <laughs> that's the message. I am tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone. You have questions about your credit card with twenty-four-seven U.S.-based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Oh yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey guys, it's Spadoodle. Uh, You can always go to davidspade.com to look at my tour dates because I bless a lot of cities in America with my hilarious stand-up act. Or you could not go to it and get on my enemy list. Up to you! So let's talk about your journey. We do like no, to talk about ourselves. No, no. All right, back, back to David. No. But Dana, Fred started, he had a very interesting um, beginning. You were already on the show. You met him. I had met him and knew him a little better than you. I mm-hmm. think Rob and I, I think I threw in a, uh, his name to Downey. I think Rob, maybe, maybe Sandler. Um, is that correct, Fred, so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could take it from there. Yeah, I was, I was kind of lucky that I uh, did a uh, club in Sacramento. Uh, and the club across town, Rob Schneider was was there. And he came out to see my set. I did 25 minutes or so. And then afterwards, we were talking. And uh, this is way before any of us kind of clicked. And uh, he just said, oh, you're funny, you're funny. And then years later, uh, I knew you and I knew Adam and you guys got on the show and Dana was the king of the, yep. of the world there. And uh, you guys said, hey, uh, you might want to write on the show. It might be good to have you out here. It might be fun. And so uh, this was, this is going to sound like a huge, like this Fred Wolf show here, but I will say. It, it is happened. the Fred Wolf show. Well, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, <laughs> You're our guest. I, I'm ahead. so careful not to horn it on your guys' glory here, but, um, but I wrote a sketch and I'd never written one before. I'd written jokes and all that kind of stuff, but a sketch was new to me. And so I was watching a show and I go, oh, okay, this is how you write a sketch. So I wrote one out. This is actually the long journey of this. And Dave kind of knows the story, but is I wrote it and I thought, hey, I think this is pretty good, this sketch here. It was called the Mr. Belvedere Fan Club, you know? And so I sent it out to Davey <laughs> and uh, and Adam and Rob and uh, they got it to Jim Downey, you know? And I heard about this Jim Downey. Oh, God, Jim Downey, he's the oh. man. Well, yes, exactly. He was the answer to a Jeopardy question a couple months ago, by the way. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, I wow. knew the answer right away. And so I should have been on the show. I would have won. 
Who does so, Fred Wolf have a crush on? You're like, this <laughs> cannot be crush. Jim Downey. Yeah, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> but you you got to kind of play hard to get to play coy around Jim. No, so I sent it out to Jim and uh, and then he read it and he said, uh, apparently he said, he didn't really talk to me. He said, yeah, okay, let's have him come out and do a two weeks a guest shot. It was like a some sort of setup mm -hmm. they had. Where you can do Something SNL does where they bring you out for two weeks. They bring a writer and just see if they have any game. A tryout. Yeah, yeah. A, tryout. a tryout, yeah. And I guess it's just to kind of get to know, you know who you are and so forth, but they liked the sketch enough to bring me out. So they did, they flew me out. And then, uh, so I said, oh, okay, they write sketches. They do them on read through on Wednesday. Okay, I see. Yeah, I write one of those up. And I go, man, how do I do this really fast? I, I wonder if I could put the Mr. Belvedere sketch in. And so Jim Downey said, yes. Like the third word he ever said to me in his life, yeah, go ahead. So that's five words. <laughs> and so I go, okay. So I, Seinfeld was the host my first time out. And I kind of knew him. So I went up to him and I said, hey, uh, I might put the sketch in. This is it. He read it, standing there. I'm standing there with him. He's real silent. Didn't laugh out loud once. And then he gets done reading. He says, uh, it's not my thing, man. A little too dark. I'll read it at the table if you want, but I, I won't want this on this show. And my heart was like, like just jumped out of my throat. Like, on the floor trying to pick up my heart i'm like devastated that he didn't like it and also i wasn't going to have a sketch on in the even in the read through so by the way so you you know what you were smart you didn't put it in read through with a stink on it like that, that thank you thanks for saying that davy i yeah. swear because i was a, actually i probably asked you i probably asked you like what should i do here or whatever but i that was my inclination too is to not sort of give away some of the laughs if there were going to be any laughs yep so i uh so i held it back and then the next week almost feels providential is Tom Hanks was the host. I'd never met him, of course. Um, he looked at me like it was like- Most enthusiastic host in history. Li like literally, right? Tom Hanks. Like something's yeah. wrong with him almost, yeah. He's actually nice to me. <laughs> like the lowest man in the totem pole. He actually called me by my first name. Um, he thought my first name was dumbass, but whatever. So I he read it and he said, oh, I, I think it was funny. It was funny. Let's yeah, see how it goes at the, uh, the read-through. So we did. And it crushed. Like it blew the roof off. And Dana, you're used to killing. I get it. And Davey, you've killed this. I wasn't used to this kind of thing. And what a Saturday rush. Night, it was like uh, probably the best rush of laughs. You know. Could you just quickly give us, uh, just for our college listeners, like, what do you mean, Mr. Belvedere? Like, was that based on the TV show? And what was the gist of that sketch? Just so I, because I don't remember, but I remember the name of the sketch. You might have been gone. I don't remember exactly. I might have been gone. Was I you, there? I, Not no, you were gone. Yeah, you were gone because Seinfeld uh, hosted once when I was there, so it must have been his second time. Okay, yeah, that sounds yeah. right. So, what's uh, the gist Mr. of it? Yeah, so there was a TV show uh, called the Mis Mr. Belvedere, I think. Yeah, and he was he played like a nanny. And the thrust of the, the premise of this sketch was that um, he had a fan club, and they were all batshit crazy. You know, the uh, by the way, how's, okay. how's yeah. swearing on this show? Fine. You can say he, anything you he want. He was sort of a heavy set, innocuous <laughs> show that wasn't a huge hit, but it was sort of middle of the road. It, th that was part of the funniest, yeah. right? That he wasn't some kind of corny star. and yeah. sweet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was not, like Mr. Belding or something. You know what I mean? Not yeah. Even, not the not even as popular. Generate. Yeah. And his fans were batshit crazy. They were like crazy. They, and uh, Dave's right. They, uh, over someone that no one really pays much attention to, but they uh, were. They would have, and Tom Hanks sort of would, he would moderate the uh, the fan club and they would do <laughs> exercises like, okay, next up, you know, we have to figure out when, if we ever see Mr. Belvedere in real life, how do we act around him? 
I see. Okay. And they all talk themselves into, okay, we do not go crazy. We do not try to like cut his hair off, save his hair for the rest of our lives. And, and it was, you know, it was pretty funny. It was a little dark because, um, you know, one of the things was Phil Hartman saying, uh, I will not try to tear the flesh, wear the flesh, be born into a new world where his flesh becomes my key. Satanic. And it's like yeah. dark and nuts and crazy. And I thought, okay, this might get a, this might get a few laughs. It did. It just blew the roof off. Which, again, the rush of that. Uh, you know, we've all who, done. Who Santa. were the the fan freaks? Did, did you have Rob in there or Dave or Sandler? Who were the fan freaks besides I, yeah, Phil? So it was a full cast sketch, which apparently everyone said those, That's a good those deal. are great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everybody was in it. Because you have a, you have an A team of really funny people, so I guess everybody probably crushed on their when it was their turn. Yeah, right. you give everyone a question yeah. or a, an answer and they get to go score one mm -hmm. line or whatever. It's great. Right. And sometimes they'll put up with it too. You know, like the giant stars like Dana and those, they might not want to do one line, but this was sort of funny. So like- For you, I would have. <laughs> Thank you. See? <laughs> See, I, he's so cool. Um, yeah, and uh, it was a full sketch. And then they, it was, uh, you're right. They're, they all got to sort of hit a little bit. Farley had something- Funny to do, and then the surefire. They all make it funnier. What's that? It was Farley's nickname was Surefire. Yeah, surefire. I mean, yeah. Jesus. Well, he just had a gear and had a thing he did that, like, you can't. He, not, he will find a voice you know. or a movement just when they go. Yeah. When Seinfeld was a teacher and we were all in the class, we were dumb, and he goes, uh, "You know, I'm going to ask you one question." And Farley sticks his hand up and he goes, "And it's not." you know, can you go to the bathroom? And then he slowly pulls his hand down. Like, but he doesn't, he does it in these three jerky movements where you're like, all you had to do is put your hand down, but he does it in such a weird way that he gets a huge laugh and you go, God damn. That, that's kind of what I'm talking about. It's like the thing that people have where you can't teach it. There's no way you can say, oh, when you put your hand down. No, you know, like Chris a three-step process. Yeah, <laughs> it just is natural. He made one. it look like a guy just having fun, but he was extremely bright about that and very clever with the use of his body. I remember Mike Myers saying once in Second City, he could just destroy uh, with his character for like a half hour. And then Chris would just kind of lower his chin or do something with his body and it was just game over. Yeah. The entire thing was <laughs> so true. Was destroyed. It's yeah. like, oh, redo like his, the maybe a skipper from Gilligan's Island. Well, or whatever his move. I, it was not to like, help over. go back to Farley, but, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Fred, you, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to not talk about Mr. Belvedere, but uh, and first of all, Hanks is very cool for having a sort of dark sketch and wanting to do it because he could have killed it. But right. uh, even though it did well, sometimes they go, ah, ah, it's not for me. But that he's cool that way. Uh, and the sketch killed on the air. I, I wanted to say when you did, there was two Farley ones you did. I think you wrote Polar Bear maybe. And then you wrote Falls in the Ice Hole. What was? Yes. Uh, yeah. Little Women. It was little called, Women. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. I was in that. I think it was, it was me and David Hyde oh. Pierce maybe. Or maybe it was, it was him. It was. David Hyde Pierce. Yeah, yeah it and, was uh, him, not me. I thought he was me. And that's, but it was no, all yeah. like everyone's acting all hoofy-doofy from Little Women and Farley's. Farley starts out that way. And, right. Uh, and you're, you're plum pudding. It's ever so scrumptious. That sort of talk. And as soon as he falls to the ice, he's like, whoa, pull me out of here, you fucking whore. Yeah, you and, bitch. What are you looking at? Stop with your. Oh, yeah, I remember that. that. See, that's. So, yeah, that's a great use of far. He can yell. Video. If he could swear, it would be a whole nother dimension because his voice, when it's booming like that. Yeah. Ian Max and Graham gave me this. Uh, they were all making fun of me because every sketch I would write in Farley yelling. And <laughs> all caps. Ian, Ian, Graham, uh, Ian Max and Graham sent me this little graph and it said, like, uh, <laughs> Fred Wolf writing for SNL. And it had like these three gauges one, 
Farley star. And then the one gauge set on uh, uh, la- soft voice, medium voice, screaming, and the dial set on screaming. Yeah. <laughs> and the second one was voice, slightly wet, soaking wet, screaming. And uh, yeah, anyway. even when far, even when uh, so the audience knows Fred wrote a ton of movies that I was in, also like uh, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep. Dickie Roberts. Uh, yeah, let's not let's but, make sure but that with Farley and those. Sometimes he would yell, and you'd put it in all caps. I'm like, Fred, do we need to bother typing in all caps here? I think he, <laughs> he falls That's down so the hill true. for three minutes or eight minutes, and goes, I. He's screaming. It's like, don't worry, he'll take care of that part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that was one of his. Yeah, I. Eighteen eyes, <laughs> five e's. As if he doesn't know. Yeah. Actually, I do. I actually wanted to. Yeah, I wanted to say something about that too. But uh, should I just do the? Uh, I just wanted to kind of say the finale of uh, Belvedere because yeah. I wanted to say how how. Yeah, yeah. Well, I what a loser I am. Well, that's your. That's like your firstborn or something. I mean, that is it's your a huge first deal. killer sketch on SNL. That's like the confidence of that. But uh, it let was. Me hear it, what, yeah, it was. It happens. was pretty cool. And by the way, uh, I, I I love talking about Farley. So here I am saying like, oh, no, let's do it my way here. This show here, but. Uh, I just want to finish up with the villain. We'll get we'll get to more Chris and the movies you did with Chris and David in a second. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's about yeah. but I'm on, I'm in a Belvedere state of mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're all back. Now here we are, back in Belvedere. Okay. okay. Slipped right. into this. a little Dennis Miller there. We're doing 12 minutes on the Belvedere. Freddie Wolf. That's a good <laughs> Freddie Wolf. That's a good podcast. Is the fly still on the wall? Or the fly <laughs> fucking just zonked out. Fly just blew his fucking brains out, guy. <laughs> Can't do Dennis enough. Love it. Love his attitude the character the character of dennis as well so what happened with belvedere before we get oh, lost so, so okay so we do the belvedere and then um the, the musical guests don't worry this goes wrong this goes horribly wrong so <laughs> let me puff myself up for a second here i did not but, want a happy ending thank god go ahead oh uh, yes yeah, jesus yes i know we're all sweating is he actually gonna say something happy <laughs> but uh no so it was bruce springsteen was a musical guest and uh oh, i allies the dude wow i had three posters on my wall every word of uh, darkness on edge of town yeah, all that and there he was he's out there while they're doing while hanks and them are doing my sketch and he's out there and i don't know should i watch my sketch which is the coolest things ever happened to me in my life or should i watch spring scene like just pretending to warm up his guitar because he's standing there getting ready to do his song and i go i'm going for spring scene <laughs> i was watching him in the dark there, you know how they have the lights off. Uh, while the oh, on the music on. while he's yeah. getting ready, but he's in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. Not to pull exactly. focus. Yeah. Strap exactly. Set yeah. his tuner. Yeah. But I'm staring at him and uh, he's laughing. I see him laughing. I'm like, there's no way. He's laughing at his guitar string, just did something funny. And <laughs> it turns out that maybe he was laughing at the sketch. So I'll tell you. So so the sketch goes on and it does <laughs> it does well. It does great. It blows the roof off. It did really not. It was really good. And then after, uh, Hanks came up to me and he said it was great and all that sort of stuff. And uh, just, it was like bedlam. Giuliani came up to me. Uh, Dana, who's the uh, LSD guy from uh, San Francisco? Uh, Tim, Tim, Timothy Leary. Leary was Leary there. God, up. what a cavalcade. Yeah, it was like characters. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> I asked Dana just because Dana knows uh, San Francisco. That's the only reason I asked. I'm young. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Plus is. he knows everything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so he came up to me and they were just all, hey, it was a funny sketch, funny sketch. And then Springsteen came walking up and I'm like, what hey. the fuck is happening here? What the hell? He's coming closer. He's coming to me. What? And he goes, hey, that sketch is really funny. They told me you wrote it. That's not a good spring scene at all, by the way. Um, and I'll, do, I go, I'll do a pinch hit there. Oh. <laughs> they, 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 they told me that, that sketch sure was funny. Uh, they, they told me you wrote it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. All right. That's so it. then you're, now you're, you're, 
You're like, he's, a, <laughs> yeah. he's a bit grumpy old man. I was a little too deep on that one. So actually, so actually, your oh, sketch quick, kills. Like Spring seems your best friend. Okay, go I go, ahead. we met. We met. Uh, I said, actually, you and I met uh, Bruce. Oh boy, back at the Hollywood YMCA, and he goes, oh yeah, that used to be my spot, and he was looking away. Were you on the that. other side of that glory hole? <laughs> I was on the side. Like, we didn't really gone. meet yeah. face to face. I used yeah. to follow you in the bench press. I had to put a lot more weight. <laughs> no, on you it. used to tell me you'd see him at the Y. Honestly, back yeah. then, you were, he, was, he got into weights heavily. Yeah, yeah, he did. He said that he want, he told me my friend Bruce. He told me that um, that working out uh, for three and a half hours, lifting weights and stuff, was nothing compared to a concert. He said after a concert, he rung out like crazy. So. I kind of believe them because anything you say, I was going oh, to say. Oh, totally. Yes, I think that's true. I think that's true. Yeah. And by the way, he told me that he goes, I can't believe it. They made me take my picture for the YMCAID. And like, he was not offended. That's hysterical. So yeah. Right. But he said, people should know who I am probably. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, who the hell are you? Take your picture. Why Jeez. complain? No, but so, so he said it was good and he said nice and he started talking and then like everyone's close around me. And then Jim Downey walked by and said, uh, good sketch, young man. Those are the four words he said there. And uh, I was walking on air and I thought like, oh, suddenly I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm cool. You know? All right. So this is my request. I just want to go backwards for like three seconds, because I, if I was listening to this, I'd be like, oh, Fred Wolf, he was in the clubs. Uh, then he knew uh, David and Rob, and now he wrote this sketch. But uh, if you could just like, you have some just great one-liners or very short things you've done you have in your stand-up kind of can you just give us unless you can't I'll remember give you some. like three classic because i think it would set the table for why as a stand-up fred was really strong but then and as a writer it was even stronger because you had wrote great stuff it's hard to write great jokes david do you have one of a fred Wolf I know classic he yeah here's one uh do you remember this little number <laughs> so this this club is great um they're so nice to me. They actually sent a limo to pick me up. It was a really big limo. I had a bar in it. It was a gay bar, but still. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a good joke. Even, even Those are hard. Is that You're, close to what it was? They're very good, yeah. And of course, it's funnier when you guys say it. Okay, here's another one. I went to the dentist and the guy goes, I have to extract your teeth, your, your back molar. So I'm going to have to do, I'm going to cut a four inch hole in your cheek and then I'm going to pry it open and then I'm going to dig in there and get it. And he goes, can I just open my mouth? And he goes, well, I know the first way works. <laughs> I didn't, I, I, See those damn. are very those are very skilled very uh, good very memory. skilled uh, those are writing. short too they're like boom boom you could open with those too uh you uh, you woke up with a spider in your bed on your phone I woke up with a spider in my bed and I thought man I must have really been drunk last night <laughs> and <laughs> I slept with my pillow over my head and woke up the next morning all my teeth were gone there was a ten dollar bill there uh, <laughs> teeth teeth. I went on in Montana. I did stand up there uh, a month ago or so. Missing a tooth, my bottom tooth. Every tooth joke destroyed because you know. <laughs> they because love it was connected jokes. to you missing the bottom tooth. You, exactly. you pointed that yeah. out. I was one of them. Anyway, so that's why you were able to uh, become a great writer because you had some great writing training and stand up. And stand up is the ultimate. Uh, you can't you can't play around. You either get a laugh or you don't. It's very painful when you don't get a laugh. And you can read a, a joke packet. You can read two jokes and go, he's got some game. You know, it's it's very, you can tell very quickly if something is clicking. And I'm sure we, we probably read Mr. Belvedere first, me and Rob. And just in our minimal experience there thought, this is at least good enough to go to the next level. Or we would have stopped you there and said, do you have anything else? 
Yeah, you know the, what I mean. It yes. was great. So give it to Downey because that's a big thing to give it to Downey. You get one swing. That's he right. doesn't like it. You're not going to get another one red, probably. That's right. Mm -hmm. And you guys were nice uh, enough to tell me uh, that. Yeah, what like, was the sad part about the end of uh, Bell Well, so, so it did great. And I, I fully expect there to be more to the story, usually in my life. And I'm not, I'm not like a sad sack. I'm just saying it doesn't come easy a lot of times because of uh, uh, low self-esteem and so forth. So I was walking on air and I thought, this is like the coolest thing I think I've ever experienced, you know, mm -hmm. of this nature. And then... I, everyone was saying, oh, you're going to come back as a guest writer. That was great. No guest writer has ever gotten a sketch on supposedly at that point. And this was top of the show sketch and did well. And people seemed to like it. And so I thought, okay. And this was towards the end of that season. And so the next season would start like in, over the summer would pass and so forth. And everyone said, you're hired. You're hired. There's no way. This is so great. It's going to be so fun having you out there. And then September rolls around and nothing like crickets, nothing yeah. even by september you should have known by it I know oh people boy were, like you were going back and sandler and uh a couple you know they were saying like yeah we're heading out when are you coming out wow and you guys were so nice about it but um we all assumed and so when you assume when you make an ass of you and me mm -hmm. but i uh <laughs> i called true. i called kenny amon who i've gotten to know hey, since David. this phone call <laughs> the um, a producer snl kind of took care of, care of everything Basically. Did you, when uh, Jim Downey was on you guys' show, did uh, Dave do his impression of Jim Downey by any chance? I don't um, remember mine. Oh my God, it was so great because uh, Downey, I said, Jim, you got to see Dave, do you? Uh, oh, you Jim didn't goes, like oh, him. Oh, oh, I know, he's worried. I yeah, yeah. This. Uh, I know, I do this. <laughs> I go, no, no, it's how you close the, your office door and turn to walk away. That's what it is. With the uh, keys oh. and the, uh, yeah, yeah, physical And he looks impression. back. Yes. Yes, Danny's right with the keys. Danny's right yeah. with the keys yes. and all that. And looking around, reaching for the keys and looking around like he's going, yes. he's trying to hide in that office. And the, and the one yeah. foot is pigeon-toed. The one foot yeah. slightly pigeon-toed. You got the whole thing. And even Downey loved it. He actually said he loved it. So so anyway, so I called Kenny Among the producer, right? Because I said, why? Am I coming out? And he goes, oh, no, Fred, they're not bringing you back. And I go, Ooh, oh, oh. Really? Oh. I like yeah, you have to ask. You're like, are we still dating? He's like, no, we broke up <laughs> three months what? ago. Yeah, I felt just silly. for a second. But uh, Fred, can I ask you a question? So Belvedere is on like in February, March, or was it toward the end of the season? It was. I think it was like the third to last show. Yeah. And I so think. in the la final shows, you didn't get anything on then, or what? What? What happened in the post Belvedere shows? Actually, thanks. Thanks for asking because I they did bring me back for another two week stint. Yes, and then okay. I wrote a sketch that um almost made it to dress but they said something like hold it uh, this is good but hold it don't, don't let's not uh, fiddle with it so much that's actually part of the story a little bit but mm -hmm. um so thank you for asking and thanks for setting it up that's true uh so yeah so kenny among i when i talked to him later when i got to know him i said yeah you're kind of brutal on the phone there and uh, he goes i had to rip the band-aid off man i've had to do that call so many times it's really rough jesus to say no that's awful we hate you, that kind of stuff. He's the mess. But, He's just a messenger. So, yes, and as yes. as anyone would say, if they were telling this story to a ten year old, and then what happened? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so when he said that, I hung up the phone, and uh, at this point, I had bought my mother's house for her. Uh, she was losing her house up there in Montana, a log cabin store, and so I had no cash at all. So my girlfriend at the time, now my wife. She uh, mm. said, why don't you move in with me to help pay the, pay the bills and all that stuff. And I did. And uh, I kind of thought I was going to be working there. So I didn't really have a job and so forth. So I started, you know, went out and started doing stand up and I was really bummed out. But a week later, 
I said this two ways ago here. So that's the top of the top of the top. And there I was for a second. I could kind of just give up to stand up and just sort of, you know, open a dry cleaner one day or something. Or maybe I'll keep trying to write sketches. And this is where Davey and, and Rob and Adam and, and those guys came in and, uh, yeah, were giving me encouragement and stuff. And I read another sketch and say, hey, what about this one? But then about halfway through the season that I was not back at, I got a call from Rob Schneider between dress and air. He said, we just did the sketch that you wrote when you were here as a guest writer. It was called Stoop Rankouts. And we just did it. And you're not going to believe what happened. Stoop Rankouts, the host with Joe Pesci. And Scorsese and Robert De Niro came by to visit Pesci. And they jumped into your sketch. And they were two of the guys that walked. It was insane. It was so cool. The premise wow. was uh, it was uh, Pesci and Adam Sandler, I think, on the on the steps, and everyone walking by, they would have some insult to say. It's like New York City. I grew up in New Making York City. Making fun of them when they walk by. Yeah, yeah. Hey, such and such called. They want their such and such back. Um, it was based on my New York City experiences, and uh, they became uh, so. In that sketch that I had written before, I knew Pesci would ever do it or anything like that. I had written that one of the guys walking by that got insulted said. You guys are assholes. And one of these days, a real rain's going to come and wash all the scum off the streets. And you're going to be the scum. And that line is directly from hmm. Taxi Driver, my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. So I was sketching, there it is, and it's in with Pesci. And who's out there that does that line? Shut the fuck up. It's fucking crazy. It's, it's, not, it's like uh, there's uh, 7 billion people on this planet. The wow. two people that did that line that I wrote, Oh my God, it was Scortese and De Niro. What the fuck? That's, that's awesome. I start crying. That's a chills. But by the way, Bill Hader, oh, we've heard a, from a couple guests that Taxi Driver is their, that's their movie, their first love. So it's interesting you bring it up as well. But to have De Niro say the line in your sketch when you Kenny said you weren't coming back and then Schneider calls you probably sounds like this. You're never going to believe what just happened. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> and Let then me finish. Mays, Don't talk over me. Mays. Springsteen called me Mays. at home during that. He goes, I think this is Fred's. I think they're, lo- they're using Fred's, Dana. So anyway, Timothy go ahead. Leary, Timothy Leary called and said, there's a flying elephant. Yeah. You're but, like, and then Bruce Springsteen put me in his shoulders again and sang for he's a jolly good fellow. I'm like, no one really confirmed that part. Like, well, that was over back by the... Uh, he made yeah. it. They made, I made my fingers I move a little bit. And I asked Fred, what chord is this? And he says, no, he, a G7 Fred, minor. No, Fred found out later that Bruce Springsteen's guitar string did say something funny to him. And that's what he was laughing about. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone now knows why I hung on you guys' coattails. Oh, my God. But so, being nice. so Not at all. So that's a Cinderella story. So, so then, you, wait, then what but happens? Do you get called in for that one? Do you get called like, you, hey, we're you doing You get rehired, it. right? And you get rehired. Well, so that's the, the good part is I, I almost didn't care at this point because those guys did my lines. But no, again, silence. No, no, nothing. Hmm. And uh, Rob is the only one who told me it ever happened. And so uh, it didn't make the show. It got cut for lots of reasons. Time. And support, what? But, it didn't yeah. make the show with De Niro doing a cameo? Oh, my and, God. Scorsese? Yeah. Yeah, and I think had, I think there was other. I think there was reasons. That, How did they botch it? it? God has a plan, so you know, let, let him do his thing. Let him do his thing. Don't insult God. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, why are you mad at God? Dude? Yeah, leave Just God alone. Damn, Bobby. But, but uh, and Marty. <laughs> and by the way, Rob, Rob is so great. So the fact that he called and said all that for, and he was Very kind nice. of recounting hey, the whole thing. Blah, blah, blah. And he goes, "I gotta go. I gotta go. We're going to air." So by that time, uh, he probably knew it was cut. He didn't tell me. So anyway, uh, I. 
that was like about midway through the next season I wasn't there. And I go, man, that gives me hope though. That's that, that they actually, you know, remember me. And I was talking to Davey, like Dave, we, we talked like at least twice a week and very close, give me yeah. all the skinny and stuff and what's going we're, on. We're all, all really, really good friends. We haven't seen each other since the pandemic, just so the audience knows. We're all very, we've worked together extensively and we'll get That's to right. that. Yeah. That's right. And uh, yes. And uh, my two idols, um, actually there's five of you guys. And, uh, but you're three Beatles on the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm guessing the other three ready. Okay. Okay. Or should I not say it? Maybe not. Is that okay? Sam. Yeah, that because you'll have to say someone isn't and that'll make you feel worse. Oh, right. Thanks. That's thank true. Thank but you. if Dana and I thank made you. the two out of five, that's good if that's true. I said it. I, I said the five on stage uh, in front of Joe too, and I felt so stupid because uh, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so by the how way, do you nice get, how do you get permanently hired on SL as a writer? This is the plot is thickening now. Okay, yeah. well, thanks. If you so, can't get it with those two. It's like, does anyone have mm -hmm. hope? So I, I did start thinking like, okay, it's what's up here, and so this was kind of cool too. What do you want from me? Yeah, exactly. I'm so good. Why don't you see it? <laughs> I'm two I, for two. Yeah, that's right. Kind of. And uh, Springsteen called Lorne. Yes. I don't know if there's anything there. I some that yeah. kid's got something, I swear to God. I'm Bruce no, Springsteen. Springsteen said, I know you need him in New York, but I need him on the other side of that glory hole in LA. <laughs> <laughs> glory hole. It wasn't a glory hole. Everyone's a glory hole. Is offended. No, Smartless <laughs> did 20 minutes on it. I was like, holy tomatoes. I'm a little bit of a prude, but I don't I don't mind fucking swear words. <clears throat> yeah, we can. So Fred, um, how'd you get hired on this fucker? Okay, sorry. So here we go. <laughs> um shit. Sorry. Oh my god. I'm in trouble now. Uh, so, so, so they, uh, uh, still radio sounds. I never, I had never really talked to Jim Downey when I was out there. Like, uh, you know, he's, the, he's the man, he's the Oz, he's the guy. Brilliant writer. A lot of stuff. Yes. Yep. He's incredible and, uh, smart as hell. So I figured, okay, he doesn't want to talk to somebody dumb. Cause you know how that, <laughs> that could work. Yeah. Uh, water finds its own level. He didn't want to find my level. So I, uh, started kind of thinking, okay, there might be an opening here now. So then I started writing sketches and started sending them to Downey. And I'll never know if he read them or not, but uh, I kind of got a little bit of hope and I was working and I still wasn't able to get a job just to kind of, you know, I did stand up and so forth, but still broke and all that sort of stuff. And then about four months pass and the next season is going gonna, is gonna to start happening in about a month or so. And this is like so hard to believe what I'm going to tell you guys. And it's like a huge brag. I can't help it. I love this. In one day. Uh, Own it, seven, brother. Seven. <laughs> what's that? One Own day. it, brother. Okay. Yeah. I, I am. Go. Again, it's providential in some way. Is I got uh, in one day, in a seven hour period, I got three phone calls. One, the first one was um, Chevy Chase. Called me on the phone, Chevy Chase. He had a new show, talk show, and he wanted to know if I wanted to be a writer. And I said, yes, sir, I do. And so I hung up the phone going, I got a job. And it's with Chevy Chase. And I realized that guy. Then the phone rang about two hours later. And it was uh, Smigel saying, do you want to come right on the Conan O'Brien show? They were just starting that show late night. Wow. Smigel's my champ. Oh, my God. I wow. couldn't believe it. And I go, oh, damn, I'm working for Chevy Chase. And uh, my God, I can't believe you called me. Then two hours later, Jim Downey called me. All in one day. All in a seven-hour period. Downey called. Damn. Young man, we were thinking about bringing you out to work on Saturday Night Live as a writer. And I said, oh, my God in heaven. I want to so bad. Um, I said yes to Chevy Chase. And Downey actually on his end got out a calculator, he said, and told me what I would make on the show and all that sort of stuff. And he said, I think you might be 
better off out here in terms of uh, wow. and all that stuff. He was actually trying to talk me into it. I'm like, what mm. the fuck happened here? But because I said yes to the almighty Chevy, I did that show. And I did that for about 11 weeks and then it got canceled. And the next day, literally the next day, so I, you know, I got on a plane and I flew out there and I got to Siren Lab. Okay, one last thing to wrap so it up. So you blew okay, so off I, Conan? Uh, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, Conan and Smigel is a great combo to, to say no, but you... Uh, one day before you would have dove, of course, dove at that. Yeah. And I, uh, mm -hmm. uh, to be fair, I didn't know Conan that well, so I didn't know if he no, was going to like my teasing. stuff, but yeah. Snaggle was like, you know, he was, well, you, just, you had an SNL, you know, that that's, that's the thing, you know, two brilliant Con guys. Conan was, he was beginning his superstar career at that point. Oh yeah. And so, and so just to, just to kind of put the little cap on the end of it. So I flew out there and I was so excited. Of course I was there and heard about Saturday Night Live. And in my first week, I will say this, my first week, oh, the show had already started too, because, uh, uh, Chevy was on for 11 weeks, like I said, and uh, the show started and my first week there, like everyone was going, hey, hey, welcome back, welcome back. And there's new writers there and all that sort of stuff. And the first show was, I forget who the host was, but I put sketches in and there were 20 page sketches and those are bad, 20 pages. It uh. ate it so hard. It got no laughs, the first sketch. And then Lauren came to the second sketch in the pile of 45 sketches. And he's we're, we're moving on. And he put my sketch in the wow. back of the pile. Oh, wow. oh, oh. And people were not looking at me after the Dave talked Jeez. to me, Rob Sickening. talked to me, Adam talked to me. So but, was the the bad boys were still there? There was still Farley, Sandler, Spade. Yes, yes. And, and they and all talked Schneider. to me. But a lot of people didn't yeah. talk to me because they thought, oh, this is a guy that they flew out. This is a guy they were talking about. So they it ate it. It tanked and all that stuff. And then the next week, luckily, and just to finish the story, I put in something for uh, uh, Christian Slater and got on the show and it did great and everything. Was, fine. was it, it was dysfunctional awful. family feud? No, but man, is that funny? Damn, that was funny. Yeah, yeah. no, it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, what a photograph store or something like that. But it was just fun, and there I was, and I was super happy. And I met you guys, David. Whether you have a few weeks old puppy or a senior who's seen multiple decades, any dog person like me knows the most valuable thing in the world is spending time with your pet. Yep, the farmer's dog makes it easy to keep them healthy which can give you more quality years with your lovely dog. Yeah, well, I've heard Farmer's Dog makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. And, you know, that's what everyone's looking for. It's recommended by vets, nutritionally balanced. Uh, it's made from human-grade ingredients, safe, clean kitchens. All that stuff matters. Yeah. I mean, you love your dog. Why, why get the lousy food for your dog? Farmer's Dog is the best. Traditional dry and wet dog food options are extremely processed. Sometimes dogs much lower quality. Yeah. <laughs> you you put it in their bowl and they go, What is this kibble? And they knock it away. What is this canned goo? Oh yeah. I've had our dog, yeah, look at the bowl yeah. and then kind of crank its neck up and look at me. And it was like, really? They go, Really? Why don't you go first? You want a bite of this? Slop. <laughs> and it makes that sound. Here you go, dog. Like, so Farmer's Dog isn't just no. higher quality food. They also send the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional needs. It makes it easy to help your dog reach and stay at their ideal weight, David. And which is one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. A fresh diet has been found to have all sorts of benefits, David, from healthier coat mm -hmm. and skin, better breath, you want to kiss your dog, and even easier digestion and smaller and better poop. Let's look at a clip. It doesn't matter if your dog's young or old, it's always the right time to invest in their health 
for more happy years with your dog. Get 50% off your first box at farmersdog.com slash fly. Let the farmer's dog know we sent you. Use your code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Remember, Fred, we wrote the heroin store? Was that me and you? Yeah, yeah. Where all the all the windows were taped up with aluminum foil, and everyone everyone's on heroin. And the like, every time someone opens the door to come in, they're like, shut the door! Hey, come on! And that's where you <laughs> you had in there. It's written in there. You had uh, we need more cowbell. They were writing a song. The heroin guys were there writing a song at the store, and uh, and your your line I remember saying. Uh, one guy says, "We need more cowbell." There's no way that Farrell heard that. But oh my God. you said it first. We need more cowbell. I always remember that. I wish I could write I'm going to get Will on the line here as we can continue. <laughs> Let's patch him through. Yeah. Um, no, he, did, he wasn't there then, so he didn't hear that. But, but you I had just, a great run. Uh, and, and I think, Fred, we, uh, Chris Rock left, then Adam and Chris left, and then I, I left, and I think you stayed a year and you were bumped to head writer. Yeah, that was really cool. So, uh, yes, that's exactly how it happened. So uh, I had a few years there and we, huge you and I did a few movies and so forth. And so oh, right, right, right. this is so, actually kind of funny. So I was, uh, can I have a question Yes, sir. about those few years? Mm-hmm. So did you, uh, you, you became adaptive to the show. You learned, you like, Oh, this is the kind of sketch that works on this show. I mean, you must've had a huge learning curve to become head writer because then you have to manage people. I mean, all of a sudden you're head writer from having a rough time getting on the show was it like a three-year period where you must have really mastered the show they don't make anyone head writer that's a big oh, deal that's nice you say that and uh I, I will say uh to pat me on back yes i i kind of stared really hard at every sketch and just said i wonder how this will go i wonder what Danny would think of this i wonder how this why did that get this hook i mean why is this why did this click and so forth and it was a very fun thing to do it's like one of the only things i actually could do okay which is sort of analyze something and say okay this it's it's funny because uh dave and i have talked about this before in tommy boy the the scene that blew the roof off in front of test audiences was uh, a deer waking up in the car and trashing the car mm-hmm. and the audience they just went nuts when they saw that and then when farley is putting on davy's jacket fat guy in a little coat test audiences they go oh, yeah 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 but then like 20 years later you ask people about tommy boy yeah. and they'll say fat guy in a little coat that's yes. what like lives on yeah, they remember of, the most throwaway jokes. They have to see it so many times, and then it changes of what's their favorite. Yeah, yeah, and plus, also there's gut laughter, and then there's that thinking laughter, and then it's just those like a Jack Handy sketch, for instance, just has that 
just mm-hmm. beautiful thoughts in there. And this, you might not laugh out loud like crazy, but there's just something about them mm-hmm. that stay with you. And I would study those. I would study Dana. Dana, I would study uh, when Dana did Tom Brokaw, for instance, one of the funniest things I've ever heard, just the voice, <laughs> the cadence, and why would they get a laugh? Mm-hmm. Someone else doing Tom Brokaw, me doing Tom Brokaw, nothing, zero. And so there was just something about it. And I would study that. I, I had Davy's voice in my head, uh, or we have the same sort of background, same, almost yeah. same number of brothers. Now, uh, Dave's got two brothers. I, I had three, but, um, and we're both mm. from a certain type of background. I kind of knew his thought process. I knew why he was funny because he has that voice, that cadence and so forth, but I wouldn't know like Adam Sandler. I'd say, okay, well, what is it about him? Why is he special? What is going on there? What's happening? And you start saying, okay, I could tailor it towards that, tailor it towards this, or I could do something a little bit out of the ordinary. And it's the one show I think that was on TV at that time uh, that just had something interesting going on where it wasn't, as Lauren would say, uh, we're not doing Carol Burnett. He would say he loved that show, but we're doing something where it might be a little bit odd here and there. The five to one piece. Remember, we would call those yeah, right. uh, the- At the end of the show, uh, it, could be, it, it would be a gamble piece that might not work. Right. And it would be a soft, quiet piece or whatever, but they'd take a chance on it. They'd just put it out there. And some people would love those pieces. They had the cult following. So, so yeah, Dana, mm-hmm. to answer your question. Yeah. There was yeah, like, okay. a, so that was a yeah, great, was and then really all of a sudden fun. you're writing, by the way, Downey used to always say he didn't like bits that played to the, we call the yahoos or the people, woo, not really a laugh, <laughs> but oh, 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 you know, that <laughs> yeah. he didn't want yeah. that. But, uh, so then just, because this is Sweaty. you and, and David, like so, uh, you, you go go down the movies. Like, uh, uh, you know, obviously Tommy Boy, you you punched up, right? Yeah, and, and I, wrote a lot on that. And then you you guys did sequels. You did Joe Dirt. So why don't you guys talk for a bit? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna listen. <laughs> oh, but Dana, you were such a big part of all this stuff because uh, we all wanted to make Dana laugh. Uh, uh, one thing I will. Uh, Lauren wanted uh, Jim Downey to do a pass on uh, Tommy Boy, and Downey said to Lauren that he would he would do it if I would do it because um, you know it'd be fun or whatever. And they wanted Downey to fly out to LA and do it, so I did it with him for about three or four days, and then I knew the director Pete Siegel. This is before uh, David has a giant part in this whole thing, but uh, so yeah, so that happened about uh, season three, Dave or something. I don't know. Uh, I forget what year that happened, but we were writing that. Yeah. And I think uh, because that was such a great experience and a lot of wild stuff and Dave and Chris flying back and forth to Toronto, I think we were in the trenches, all of us together. They, these guys worked much harder than I did, of course, all that flying back and forth. You guys, so so uh, actually there was a friend of mine, uh, Annette, and they listened to the show like religiously. And they said, can you talk about when you're on the show what the week is like at SNL? This is a perfect opportunity to do it is on Monday, we sort of beat the host and we all sit in Lauren's office and pitch out something. <laughs> then on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, we write like crazy Monday night to write sketches. And on Wednesday, there's a read through and uh, the, they read about 40 sketches and they pick the ones they're going to show. And then Thursday and Friday, they build the sets and they get ready for dress rehearsal on Saturday. And Dave and Chris were flying back and forth. They would be there. I think you would meet the host on Monday, right? Then fly out Monday night. Is that how it went? No, we would shoot sunday monday tuesday come in for a read through a read through on wednesday and then we go back that night you would fly out that night after read through. Right? where were you to, flying to were you shooting in canada toronto or toronto yeah. and you're shooting toronto. tommy boy and going in and out yeah and then okay. we'd, we'd shoot thursday and come back friday morning 
and rehearse and do the show Saturday and then leave after the show. You had to block, yeah. Or so. if Farley wanted to go to the rap party, we'd have to wait. But we're shooting Sunday morning at seven, so I go, and we skip the rap party. No! <laughs> you, said, you said if Farley wanted to go and to the rap party. And that was his way, him speaking <laughs> yeah. softly. No! Yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my dial was set incorrectly. It's got to be screaming and wet. But uh, so, oh, so you, did you guys film on Sunday then? Or just yeah. flew? Oh wow, Jesus! That show, okay. that scene with Rob Lowe, where we're in like a, a, you know, where they're making cars and Rob Lowe gets hit in the balls, and I don't want to give the whole movie away. But, uh, <laughs> Rob Lowe, and then I think Ackroyd's in it. It's the only day we could all be there, and we could rent this place, and we shot twenty four hours. We've never done that. We just kept shooting, so we didn't have it done. So we went all the way into Monday, and then we just, you know, that was a beating. But it was it, it obviously worked out. We'd call Fred if he didn't fly up with us and say, "What about this?" We're thinking of like, "Is it a clip on?" You know, just little throwaway jokes. We're just we're putting everything, and I'll let you finish. But it all worked out, thank God. And that's why we tried to do Black Sheep the following summer. I I got married and I, uh, I don't know, while we were writing this thing, getting trying to get it ready. I got married and we went on our honeymoon. And on the plane, I saw the 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 guys giving the uh, the directions, the flight attendants giving the directions. So I uh, I called Dave. As soon as we landed, I go, hey, what about uh, you guys are on the airplane and you give them flight directions? And Dave said, oh yeah, what about what about um, what about uh, singing superstar? Um, they're singing superstar and they changing the the, <laughs> the the radio channel. And we're like, I'm like, oh my god, this is fucking great. And so I type it in on my honeymoon, and my wife got really mad. I think she really did. She goes, this is supposed to be a honeymoon. I go, back off. So you go follow. turn into a money moon. <laughs> and and it was like it was, it was the best. It was writing like Saturday Night Live stuff. So. One of the cool things is Lauren started like knowing my name a little bit. It was nice. Fred. Yeah. Oh, dub, dub. We all do dinner. <laughs> that's, all do that's, dinner. that's Fred's. Oh, dub, dub, dub. Uh, can't <laughs> oh, no, no. I ever done Lauren Michaels uh, starting an outboard motor? No, go ahead. He's in a go. little motor. He's like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Sorry. Now he's started and he's driving it. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's pulling the cord on the Evan route. No, 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 no. I've not started. No, 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 no. Because Lauren, one Lauren for inside baseball, when he would explain things and you would ask a question before he was finished explaining, it's that thing of like you get married and you mean it's it's important. No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. That was his insert. So anyway, go ahead. Lauren and I, Lauren and I were walking through Beverly Hills. We do these like two hour walks, and I loved every second of it. I wish I like I kind of wish he was my dad. My dad was He's all gone. of our dad in yeah. a way, right? Because <laughs> yeah. right? I had no dad, but uh, we'd walk through Beverly Hills. And one night, uh, so Austin Powers opened that weekend. On uh, I went and saw it Friday. The night it opened at the Chinese Theater, and then he and I were walking on Saturday, and we're walking, and all of a sudden he goes, "Do I hear?" By the way, I'm doing Dana, of course. I hear that uh, Mike is doing me in the movie, and I go, uh, <laughs> "Oh." I just saw the night before and he was like identical to Lauren. Like there was no, like nothing. It was nothing but Lauren. And I'm going like, uh, what was he? Uh, I, and he goes, well, I, I heard he was. That. And then did he have to name him Dr. Fucking evil? But uh, <laughs> 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 it's true. Yeah. <laughs> I could see from Lauren's perspective. Yeah. 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 However, I think Lauren, from what I understand, he wasn't, of course, he's talking to Mike about it. And, and yeah, fine. there was a lot of James Bond villains in there. It was, yes. It yes was that. Cool. Lauren is a great character and he has a great rhythm and, and an incredible yeah. intellect. So 
Fun, fun voice to do. He he was going to be at my drunk parents. I had him all, all lined up. He was going to do it. He was going to do it. He said, yes, he would. And really? uh, Alec Bowen, but Alec Bowen and I both called oh. and uh, he was going to do it. And I wanted him in it so bad, but we had to change the schedule because it snowed or whatever. Anyway. So, uh, and by the way, when we walked through Beverly Hills uh, for about, you know, a couple of years, when I first started walking, Lorna walked down the middle of the sidewalk and I'd be walking like over the roots, the tree roots, all the bubbles, <laughs> right. you know, just uh, ducking and branches just and strolling. <laughs> and I'm good with French kings. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and trees then are time, violent. <laughs> <laughs> and I started knowing maybe I was rising a little bit when I started walking, like on a little inch of the sidewalk and I'd take mm-hmm. my little part of the concrete. But uh, he basically, we were walking and he talked about what it would be like to be a head writer. And Jim Downey at this point was looking to cut back on his hours and work with Norm on stuff. And uh, we get to a corner of uh, where Nate Niles is. And he just turns to me and goes, Marm, I was wondering if you wanted to be the head writer. And I cannot believe I said this. First of all, I can't believe that that happened. It went from like nothing <laughs> to that. And then mm-hmm. for some reason it came out of my mouth. I go, sure, if you'd make me a future player. And he said, done, like that. It was all one sentence. And, you said, uh, dada? <laughs> he said, who the fuck are you to ask me or tell me anything? And then like he that? picked you up and carried you. I want to, that's like a movie thing. I want to do that at some point. Someone asked me about a negotiation and I'll just say, done. Done. I know, done's a great I, one. Just one word, done. No, don't, no, 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 don't talk anymore. It's done. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's just so, it's very Lauren. He's brilliant. Done means done. Looking to save on delivery? DashPass from DoorDash is your door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. DashPass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, DashPass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, DashPass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for Dash Pass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What did I want to get off my chest recently? Well, it's probably something you got to get off your chest because we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We just keep things bottled up and then it starts to affect us negatively, David. Negatively. Yeah, it was something about when I was merging and the people weren't waving back to me and bothered me. But, you know. That th- that's a small stress, but it can be bottled up and yep. get bigger. Therapy mm-hmm. is a safe space to get things off your chest uh, and how to yeah. figure out, well, you know, you got to work through whatever's weighing you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. And I, I was in therapy. I'm there here and there now, but for five years and you know, it does challenge your thoughts. Cause I'm going to, this is kind of, I don't know if this is profound, but you are your thoughts in some ways. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking redundant, negative things or sad things or whatever, a therapist can kind of get you out of that kind of negative pattern. So mm-hmm. be the best mm-hmm. version of yourself. Um, you know, and sometimes 
It can be small things. It can be major trauma. I think either way, mm-hmm. it's good to talk to someone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just mm-hmm. fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist if uh, you're not into it yeah. anytime, yeah. no additional charge. Mm-hmm. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash F-O-T-W today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash F-O-T-W. So you barely got on the show. Now you write Tommy Boy and, and then... You're Black the head sheep. writer. This is the 90s, late 90s. Your, your career's taken off. Do you get kind of a big ego? Are you kind of... I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> You're very yeah, self-deprecating <laughs> the whole way through, right? I, I think with super low self-esteem, what I got to is like normal. No, I'm, I'm joking. I uh, No, I was very proud of it. I was very proud of hard. I worked to do it. I was proud I didn't give up. But uh, no, I was always sure that something was going to happen. They're going to pull the rug out or someone's going to find out what a fraud I am. So I don't know if I had time to be. Luckily, they haven't yet. Not yet. Yeah. But then you went Black Sheep. Then he went, we did Dickie Roberts. That's us two together writing. And then we did Joe Dirt. And then you went, and then he directed House Bunny, which was a big one. You know, that was a great one. House Bunny was a hit. It was a blast. You know, one of the things about House Bunny, which I get to say is Anna Ferris has Mm -hmm. that certain thing we were talking about and uh, Emma Stone there's that something where when they come in, like when Emma came into audition for that uh, part in House Bunny, where uh, I'm going to sound like I think I'm a genius. I'm not. I'm just saying this is the one thing I'm pretty good at is when she left the room, she had read for one part. And I told uh, Heather Heather Perry, I said that she could any part she wants in the movie. That, that, and she was 18 years old when she came in. There was just something about her. I want to I want to tell you guys, this has to do with you guys. And uh, Dana, you were the king at this point. So like, like <laughs> I'm an old at, king. Like, literally the king. <laughs> like when you got SNL, everyone, all the comics in LA were talking about it. Everybody. Because you were mostly based in San Francisco. So you weren't around the LA scene as much, but we all knew you and everyone would talk about you. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you're being left out of this. You're not. You were huge. And everyone wanted to be Dana Carter. But uh, I was working the first TV show I ever got was called Too Hip for TV. And it was on NBC daytime and brandon tartikoff i don't know why but he came to my office and said you're a stand-up comedian right and i go yeah i really find jokes when i hear him and uh, he said could you tell us the names of some comedians that might be good to host this show and i said sure of course and so i took that weekend and this was really interesting to me is that i made a list of like all my friends this is a chance to get somebody work or and what year is this uh 88 about okay yeah and um and so I made this list and I remember like I have friends and I would say like, uh, uh, Dave knows some of these guys, like I would say Tim Rose, oh, really funny guy, but maybe wouldn't show up on time or whatever. Nothing. I shouldn't say the names, but, and I kind of went through all my names and the ones, here's the five that I settled on that I thought had what it takes. They were totally unknown at this time, had what it takes, had that certain something, had it, the charisma. Would show up on time, know how to shake hands, know how to talk to the executives, and would know how to memorize the stuff that we had to do. It was half our show, comedy, and the five names, and they were completely. <laughs> See, I love order. this buildup. Yeah, it was Rob Schneider, David Spade, Adam Sandler, Colin Quinn, and George Clooney. Holy shit! Those are the five. Total wow! Unknown. And Colin Quinn got it. They he got the host. They blew off Clooney. <laughs> and Sandler. Uh, yeah. 
I think uh, if I remember right, Dave and Rob auditioned for it together for some reason. Yeah, I we did stuff together back then. I mean, they would bring us in together. Um, and I think who got it? Ahmet Zappa, Dweezil Zappa, maybe? Yes, it was Colin Quinn and Ahmet Zappa. Good memory. Dang. Yeah. Dang. Because I was furious. You should have been. <laughs> uh, actually, there was one <laughs> I guy. I still have the voodoo doll. <laughs> I, I remember there was one guy, I won't say his name. I, I thought, oh, I'll put him on the list. And then when I talked to him about it, he didn't seem that excited. And I thought, oh, he's not going to even show up for the edition, maybe. So I kind of crossed his name off. But, uh, and that guy was, I was clean with, no, but all kidding aside, <laughs> that, those are the five names. And uh, mm -hmm. there was just that certain something. And so House Bunny was sort of a cakewalk because Anna had that something. Just a little arithmetic because you, you're good with numbers. Like that, that, that cadre, that that five. If you had to just right now on a quiz show, what is the net worth of those five individuals <laughs> in twenty twenty two? Is it <laughs> seven hundred million, nine hundred million, or one billion? So Dana, when he was doing House Bunny, Fred, when you were doing House Bunny, uh, remember I did a, I knew House Bunny. I didn't I don't know if I read it, but you were like, it's five women and they're all funny and. Uh, and I just done something with Rihanna and she was so new. And I said, you know, who's got that certain, this girl's unreal. She's gorgeous. She's talented. It might be too late because she's singing and I don't even know what she's doing, but I don't know how I ran into her. And then you said, yeah, let's bring her in. And you, I think you did literally bring her in and talk to her. Yeah. And then she and was going on tour. Yes, that's right. Oh, she couldn't do it. And she would have been great. It was really early in Rihanna's career. Yeah. Cause uh, anytime Anytime guys like you brought up a name like that, obviously all hands on deck. But yes, she came in and met and it was really cool and she was great. And she would have been great in the movie. Oh, oh my God, it would have been unbelievable. But um, I always, there's this guy named Mike Sanborn and he's uh, he's a really good guy. He's uh, ex-Special Forces, FBI now. And um, he's like a, like a hotshot, you know, and he actually mentored my daughter, my daughter in the FBI. Uh, just started three years ago and I'm super psyched. Your but daughter is in the FBI? She just started, yeah. She's uh, training. Yeah, training. Out there okay, in that's that's a newsflash. Wow. And you met Molly, you know. Of course. That's all we can say yeah. about I dance. Remember all we can say. Sweet, sweet little. And now she's yeah, like. two daughters. Great. I'm not going to play games. I want answers <laughs> and I want them now. I she mean. said something the other day. She said, I'm going to put you on a no-fly list. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so. <laughs> when she's mad. Yeah. When she's yeah, mad. She me. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. But uh, Sam Warren is like this like super tough guy. And uh, I always think like. Like, what are you, who are you that you're a special force that you die for your country, that you would do all this sort of stuff? Meanwhile, he tells me like stupid little jokes in Tommy Boy. And like, I'm like, I can't even believe he knows the movie, let alone like laughing at jokes. He's usually laughing at Dave's stuff, but it's, uh, it's just I like, it. it doesn't make sense to me. This whole laughter thing, uh, Dana, when you, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 there's so many stories, so many stories, but anyway, uh, sorry, sorry. So how's funny was a uh, cakewalk. Sorry, because, uh, Anna was is uh, uh anna was a star she's got nature. such a great charisma about her she's funny she's likable she was that was like the perfect movie for her it's yes it was it and uh and emma stone just had that certain actually the, the entire cast just had that little Catherine something McPhee was in it there's a lot of people in it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and what about dirty work i want to hear about that before we got to go oh so let me do uh, let me tell you about norm really quick so dirty work uh so norm McDonald, this is, I, i'll never know exactly how i helped but maybe it did so Norm was also a friend. And so uh, I was outside in the office waiting to meet Lauren for the first time to be a guest writer. And uh, I was sitting there for two hours and I remember uh, Chris Rock came and sat Minimum. down. Just, People say, you're not going to wait for, you're sitting out for two hours. They say, I'm going to leave, man. I'm going to show them I'm my own man. No, you will not get the job. 
<laughs> yeah. and, and so everything is like a, a army movie or something yeah. you yeah. stay seated private go ahead Fred. <laughs> and, and so i was uh, in the outside area and there's all these people always outside Lawrence office and there's a, maybe 40 people there at least 50 <laughs> uh, i hear one of them saying we saw this guy named norm mcdonald last night performing at the rising star the catch rising star and i hear that and i and I called over and go, oh, are you talking about Norm McDonald? And they go, yeah, we saw him last night. Um, I think he might audition for the show. And I go, oh, uh, was he funny? And he, go, he was really funny. I go, oh, you want to see his act? So I, yeah. And so I stood up and did like about maybe four or five minutes of Norm's act. Wow. While waiting for, you know, and destroyed. Blew the roof off. Uh, and Lauren stuck his head out of his office. What's, what's going on? What's, what's the, come on. And one of them said, he's doing Norm McDonald. He's doing Norm McDonald. And Do so you remember one of the lines? I probably wouldn't, right? Do you remember one of the lines you said? What oh, the norm? the game show. What's the? Uh, uh, it's me, Bob. Uh, uh, oh, damn. I know. I put you on the spot. I got, I got, no, one, got one, David. I okay. Yeah, he goes. Okay. Uh, he goes. I saw it. <clears throat> What's the one where he goes? I saw a homeless guy with a dog on the corner laying out, and he goes, "This dog must be thinking this is the longest fucking walk." Yeah, when's this walk gonna be over? <laughs> uh, I got one too now. My uh, is uh, some people say, uh, uh, "Yeah, I'm an optimist." There, you know, I got an optimist, uh, and there's a pessimist. You know, the pessimist looks at the glass and says, uh, "No, no." An optimist looks at the glass and ah, no, no. A pessimist looks at the glass and says, "The glass is half empty." I'm a pessimist. I look at that glass and I say it's half full, but I think I might have bowel cancer. <laughs> <laughs> okay here's my <laughs> Fred uh, i don't remember that one that's a great one i like I norm's you. um he'd take a figure of speech colloquialism whatever and just turn it you know they say like uh they say like a penny saved is like a penny earned right that's a that's like a hundred percent return, right? That's that's too much, isn't it? I mean, come on. <laughs> that's, it. that's it. Well, you would just that's take funny. a you would take yeah, a figure like of that. speech and just run with it in a casual way and make know? it funny somehow. Yeah, we stitch in time. You know, what's that? A stitch in time? Like, like what do they got? There's a seamstress up there. And is Who's done. still stitching? Still <laughs> stitching. You know. So anyway, that was. Norms. We norms. shared an office and I, I would look to see, they, he never wrote anything down. He had nothing written down. I would look for it. It would go through the drawers like, where was it written? <laughs> what the fuck? He came back once, uh, he came back from, uh, he was opening for Bill Cosby and he came into the office late. Like, I was there at 3 a.m. He came walking in. He goes, I was open for Bill Cosby. I, don't know. I go, oh, yeah, I'm making this fast story. He goes, uh, yeah, yeah. I told him, I said, I didn't know what to say to Bill Cosby, a legend of all time. And I was like, I go, you're, 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 you're my father's favorite comedian ever lived. And Bill Cosby goes, well, let's call your father on the phone. You know, no, you don't want to call him on the phone. Hey, you're a huge star. You don't want to be on the phone with my father. He's Canada. No, I don't want to do that. I didn't know what to say to Bill Cosby because my father had been dead for like 10 years. I was still so lying. <laughs> yeah, that's very Norm. God rest his soul, the greatest. Yes, Love he's, Norm. He's the no. man. He's good. He's good, he's good, a, good, good, good. Just Canadian. I was just up in Canada. Norm's legendary. Oh, yeah. I love him. Just, on yeah. dirty work. Dirty work. People would run up to Bob Saget, the uh, director. They would like, like, like there'd be a hundred people around him trying to get his autograph when we were shooting in Canada, in Toronto. And then Norm would have like four people walk up that idolized him, like a total idolization. You know, yeah, it was like a different that. fan thing. Okay, three yeah. words to close out this. Just be. I'm going to be representing the fans. Joe, Joe, Dirt Three, huh? 
Uh, <laughs> I'm just being, I'm representing the fans right now. <laughs> Dave, Dave had an idea of the Joe Dirt sister. I, I feel like we, sh I feel like we should do a Joe Dirt animated because we could do it forever and I wouldn't look so old, but I feel animated would be crazy and we could do uh, anything we wanted and still have the voices and we could probably get walk in and everybody and it would be great, but I don't know how to do that. That'd be cool. Walking, walking. I hear there may be another Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt. I, People tell me all the time, Joe Dirt. <laughs> you know, do you know people? They have seen it. Like he's he's all he's always yeah. shocked that someone remembered it or knew he was in it. Didn't know yeah. what they thought. Never got over it. You better Joe, watch your tone. Watch, watch your tone. tone is a great one. Watch your tone. Watch your tone. Tone. Yeah, tone is a good way to. He learn. tells Kid Rock to watch his tone. <laughs> hey, Danis, Danis was good just now. I, yeah. I never heard of you walking. No, before. well, I had I did a Jack Handy sketch with him once, where we're in a wooden spaceship on 8H, we're rehearsing. The idea was the the land the landing gear would come down or the door would come down and kill an Earthling. So we would come out and like we come in peace to see you in the oh, <laughs> and then they'd go kill him, kill him, kill him, and then he would always say, "Let's get out of here." And then we go up, <laughs> we go in the little wooden spaceship and we're tight quarters. His head is like an inch from my face and he's just red faced laughing so hard at the idea. Dang. Let's get out of here. It's his own dialect, Chris. Can I, tell you, can I say my real quick walking? Okay, real quick walking story, real quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. As uh, we're right in Continental, it was his idea. Continental was totally his idea. They had done it on the show before. POV of the camera, Debonair uh, Man. Yeah. yeah. Office. And uh, it was just me and him. And I was in heaven, of course. And so, he, uh, I said, hey, what about if uh, you, you go, I have fallen for you and I can't get up. <laughs> and uh, he said, I don't know what you're saying. I go, oh, there's this life alert commercial where the lady goes, I've fallen. I can't get up. He goes, no, I don't know it. No. And so I go, oh, no, you just say, I've fallen for you and I can't get up. No, what? A, what? What? No. And so he kept saying no. And finally he said, don't bring it up again. No more. No more. And so I go, oh, okay. So, um, that's on Saturday, funny. on Saturday, so we had a sketch, and I put it on cue cards, and uh, and then I go up to walk, and it's right before dress, and I go, "Hey, Chris, I mean, maybe, maybe just like if I just sneak in right here, all you have to do is say, I have fallen for you, and I can't get up." I just, and he, I, okay, put it on the cards, like really mad, and so I ran and put it on the cards, and dress rehearsal goes, and he comes to that line. And it fucking destroys. It just blows the roof off. Laugh goes forever. Mm -hmm. Calendar leaves flying off the wall. Just yeah. forever. And so I'm waiting for him as he comes off stage for dress rehearsal. I'm just standing there all excited, all excited. He walks by and he goes, I don't know what I said, but I'm saying it again. <laughs> 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 he had never seen the commercial. He had no idea what we're talking about. So that's oh, man. All right. Well, that's it for Fred. We did Fred a great job. Wolf, we could actually go on and on. but Comedy all-star, writer, comedian. Yeah. All around. Oh, also wrote Grown Ups and Grown Ups too. Jeez. Uh, that's uh, some huge. Keeping the lights movies. on at TBS for the last fucking Very many. Pat Sajak, so uh, show. MTV Music. Movie Strange Awards. Wilderness. Strange Wilderness, and on and on and on. Huge resume. Can't get Drunk to pants. it in one podcast. Thanks for having me on, you guys. Might very, have very you on much. again. We might. Eh. Okay. Season All right, you three. Guys, thank you so much. It was, right. it was a blast. Nice to Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Bye, buddy. Dana. See you guys. This has been a podcast presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Available now for free wherever you get your podcast. No joke, folks. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. 
The show's lead producer is Greg Holtzman with production and engineering support from Serena Regan and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. 